Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series titled, A Preacher of Righteousness. 2 Peter 2.5 says, And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. So, what is a preacher of righteousness? We've been discussing ten things. First, it's one who preaches the righteousness of God through Christ, along with the judgment of God. And we found that in 2 Peter 2.9. And second, a preacher of righteousness is one who preaches the cross and Christ crucified. That's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 23 through 24. And third, a preacher of righteousness is one who preaches mercy and truth together. That's out of Psalm 85.10. And fourth, a preacher of righteousness is one who will die for the truth and accept suffering persecution as an honor. And that's out of Philippians 1 and 21. And fifth, a preacher of righteousness is one who says, Be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing. We find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 through 18. A sixth reason, or a sixth definition of a preacher of righteousness, is one who preaches the truth at all cost. And a seventh is one who does not succumb to compromise due to financial, spiritual, or even violent pressure. And both of those can be found in Luke chapter 6, verses 22 through 23. The eighth definition of a preacher of righteousness is one who's not trying to be alongside the world, but rather on God's side of heaven. And the ninth definition I gave was one who's a heralder, a messenger, not preaching his own word, but God's word, not speaking his own voice, but speaking God's voice. And that's found out of Second Peter 2.5 out of the Living Bible. Let me read you that. It says, And he did not spare any of the people who lived in ancient times before the flood except Noah, the one man who spoke up for God and his family of seven. Wow. The one man who spoke up for God. That's right. And our tenth definition of a preacher of righteousness is one who speaks the truth in love. And we found that in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 15. Joe Purcell, in his daily devotional on November 17, 2013, wrote this about the Beatitudes. He said, when you hold forth the truth of God's word, the world will not like it. Some Christians will not like it. The ancient Romans fed Christians to the lions because they considered them to be intolerant and narrow-minded toward Rome's ungodly lifestyle. They were indignant that Christians claimed Jesus Christ to be the way, the truth, and the life. 
and that no man can come unto the Father but by him. This same attitude is increasingly prevalent in the world today, and particularly in Europe and the United States. So, how do we preach the truth in love? By loving the truth and loving people. No compromise is necessary. Mercy and truth must prevail. The scripture says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It says it in Romans chapter 2 verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Well, the key to this verse is not the judgment of God, but the goodness of God. However, in order to understand this verse fully, we must read it in context. And this is from Romans chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you'll escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you're treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. Yes, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. The real key here is repentance. Repentance from what? Judgment for what? Well, the real truth is we need the goodness of God because without it we will be judged for our sin. Sinners need to understand what sin is, and that unless they receive the goodness of God, they will have to pay the price for sin themselves. The goodness is that Christ has paid the price for them. Why? So the judgment and the wrath of God will not fall upon them. Well, they need to be saved. Saved from what? From the judgment of sin. God knows how to deliver, and God knows how to judge. Once sinners understand the judgment and the goodness of God, they'll know the truth. And if they respond correctly, the truth will set them free. As it says in John 8, 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In 2 Corinthians five twenty one, one of my favorite verses, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And let me add 2 Corinthians 7.10. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. And I like how the Living Bible quotes Romans 2.4. It says this, Don't you realize how patient he is being with you? Or don't you care? Can't you see that he's been waiting all this time without punishing you to give you time to turn from your sin? His kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Wow, mercy and truth together. That's what makes a preacher of righteousness. Let me quote 2 Peter 2, 5 again. And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, 
a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. So what is the message? Well, the message is God knows how to do two things. He knows how to deliver, and he knows how to judge. And that's out of Second Peter 2.9. What's the message? Well, there are three prophetic examples from the past for the judgment against sin coming soon. That's found in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. They are the fallen angels, Noah and the flood, and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. We know that Noah and his family were delivered. Lot was delivered, but the fallen angels were judged. What's the message? Yes, there's judgment for sin, but there is also judgment for righteousness through Christ. Out of 2 Corinthians 5.21, this righteousness is provided as a free gift from God for whosoever will. What's the message? It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Even while we were yet sinners, he died for us, is what it says in Romans 5.8. What's the message? Well, John the Baptist, Jesus, Peter, and Paul all said it. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not God's will that any man perish, but many will. That's out of 2 Peter 3.9. What's the message? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave Jesus, tells us in John 3, 16, for whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And there's no other name under heaven whereby man may be saved, out of Acts 4, 12. And you must be born again, out of John 3, 3 through 6. What's the message? Well, the message is now's the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. We find that in 2 Corinthians 6, 2. What's the message? Come out of Sodom and get into the boat. That's what Luke 17, 26 through 29 says. What's the message? Call on him today and you'll be saved. That's what Romans 10, 13 says. And then Romans 2, 4 in the Living Bible, it says, Don't you realize how patient he is being with you? Or don't you care? Can't you see that he's been waiting all this time without punishing you to give you time to turn from your sin? His kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Well, is this really true? Let's go ahead and read Luke 17, 26 through 29. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, mercy and truth. Noah, he's a preacher of righteousness. If you've not done it yet, call on him now. If you're already saved, we'll tell someone who needs to be saved the truth. The truth of his mercy and the truth of his righteous judgment. That's why it is called his saving grace. Remember, God told Noah to build the ark. Genesis 6, 15 through 16 in the Amplified Version. And this is the way you are to make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its breadth 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. That is 400 feet in length, 75 feet in width, and 45 feet in height. You shall make a roof or window, a place for light, for the ark and finish it to a cubit at least 18 inches above and the door of the ark you shall put inside of it 
and you shall make it with lower, second, and third stories. It's a prophetic sign. It's a warning. He's telling us in advance to receive his grace now, so we're prepared. In 2 Peter 2, 4 through 9, again, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and he did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And he delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, he tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Well, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. I hope you're ready for the coming of the Lord, for when he comes, you'll either be judged righteous or you'll be judged a sinner. Let's get ourselves ready, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.